You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. <laughs> this podcast is taking a turn. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. We once spent a New Year's Eve together in Denny's in San Antonio, and it was really the low point of my life. That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, producer of the show, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Guys, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, the NFL draft obviously happened over the weekend, so there's a lot to talk about there. Shea Patterson was recently cleared to play at Michigan, so lots to talk there as well. So we'll start off with NFL draft, and, and uh, Mike, I'll let you get started on that. Hot take, hot take. I think we're the only ones doing a draft recap, so this should be listened to by quite a few people. Yeah. Um, you know, the draft's over, thankfully, and I'm already getting like, I want to talk about the draft again. I was sick of the draft because of the lead up, especially with all the quarterbacks and all the hype around this draft. And then the draft ends and I'm like, what am I going to do now? So we'll talk about some 2019 draft eligible kids as well as we look towards next year. But I did a wicked, wicked, wicked hot take in the three-point stance today. I don't know, Gorney, if you saw it. If you did, your eyebrows were singed off because I picked the 10 best first round picks. That's Can you amazing. believe I came up with that idea? Amazing work, Mike. You know, I mean, honestly, I think about this stuff over and over again, and you should see the number of papers that I crumple up and throw in a corner and exasperation and like, that idea is no good. This idea is no good. But when I struck upon this and I realized that I could do the 10 best first round picks, uh, I don't know, man. It, it just, it was like magic. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with the first one. Well, well, I think you should have crumpled. In. I think you should have crumpled it up because Roquan Smith. It's the tenth best pick. That's like the third or fourth oh, best pick. Please, he's good, but I I don't know. Are you telling me that Calvin Ridley falling to the Falcons is not a better pick than Roquan Smith going number eight? Did you just say the Falcons? What are you? Yeah, are you, the from the eighteenth. Are you from the eighteenth century? I said the Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons. He went to the Falcons. That That's a very good pick. And yes, they were painting Roquan Smith like the greatest linebacker in the history of the sport to go to the, to the Bears. But I do think that's a very, very good pick. Calvin Ridley, a good pick. Anybody from Alabama is going to be a good pick. Well, Roquan so, Smith plays for Georgia. Yeah, I know. Let's Just start at the to top. Quentin Nelson plays for Notre Dame. That's me drinking coffee. Um, yeah, I mean, the safest pick of the draft. Yeah. Guy's going to be a you know, 10, 12-year pro, barring injury. Play inside. He could play outside. He's going to be just your stalwart six-time all-pro, you know, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's it. Uh, I think that was the easiest pick when the Colts were on the clock. There's just no other direction they could go. I think Barkley at number two with the Giants – it's also a pretty easy pick. I mean, they weren't going to go quarterback. They decided that already. What are you going to do? It's either Chubb or, or Barkley, but you can't pass up a franchise running back. And then our boy Josh Rosen's number three, because he's going to be ticked off. He's angry already. He said there were nine mistakes made before him. He said there were three quarterback mistakes before him. He's already shooting from the hip. 
I love rich people. Um, you know, being one myself. Right. You just can say whatever you want to say. Right. And you really don't have to worry about repercussions. And that's what Josh Rosen is. So he comes from an affluent family and he doesn't care. No, there's no, there's no governor on what he says. And, uh, his press conference was awesome. On the flip side, Sam Darnold's conference press conference was probably the biggest snooze fest I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I think he said, I'm going to be myself about 58 times. So somebody <laughs> wrote that down on a post-it note for Just him. Just say this over and over. Yes. Just say this, Sam, every time somebody asks you a question. So he's going to be just the most boring New York Jet quarterback in the history of the world. Um, I think it would have been great to see Rosen there. I think it would have been great to see Mayfield there because they would have brought some flavor to that, you know, uh, big media market. But now we got boring Sam Darnold, who we'll see if he pans out or not. He didn't make my 10. That's a hot take. Neither did Baker Mayfield, the number one pick. Well, no, because he went to the Browns. Now, Baker Mayfield, I think, is a good pick. Both of you, you and I both gave it like B-plus or whatever we gave it. I can't remember. It was a long night. Um, You know, but you could just see him busting out now. You could see all the things that could go wrong now that he's the number one pick to the Browns. You could see him getting frustrated with the losses. You could see him doing some off-field stupid things. You could see him arguing with teammates. You could see him absolutely imploding and being just destroyed because he's not very big. Had he gone to the Jets, I think you see a little bit different picture. Not that the Jets are, you know, a, a great program, but overall, I think when you look at, you know, being taken number one in the draft brings a lot of pressure. You put a lot of attention on Baker Mayfield, and he tends to do dumb things. Well, here's the thing that leading up to the draft – you know, you're sitting on all these conference calls and all the draft analysts are saying, John Dorsey likes big quarterbacks throughout his history. He likes big, tall quarterbacks. He's going to take the quarterback with the biggest hands because it's cold in Cleveland in December, so he's going to have to take Josh Allen. He's going to, you know, nothing was mentioned about Baker Mayfield, hardly at all. Uh, and then he goes Baker Mayfield. So uh, I do think that he there's a big implosion factor. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a calculated risk. I mean, the Browns literally can't be any worse. They lost every single game last year. Um, if Baker Mayfield goes in there with the right attitude and knows that he's going to lose a lot of games early in his career and can stay away from being frustrated, I think it's a pretty good pick. Um, in terms of like hit or miss factor, it's probably he's probably the best one in this draft. Um, you know, so. I gave the grade a B plus or whatever. I don't even remember. Like you said, I don't even remember what I gave it. Just because the Browns are such a mess and have been, but there are pieces there that that they could make at least, you know, four wins, six, six possibly. That would be a great season. But for Baker Mayfield, if he only wins six games or four games next year, is he going to freak out and go ballistic? Uh, because that has never happened to him in his entire career. So it'll be interesting to see. That's why he didn't make my last corny and. You know, these general managers come off as the biggest, like, I don't want to say, I can't curse on this show. Uh-oh. It's a family program, but did you see Dorsey talking to Mayfield? No. Calling himself Mr. Dorsey? Oh, God. <laughs> and you want to be a Cleveland Brown? No. You, know, you want to be a <laughs> Cleveland Brown? Uh, 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 you know, coming off like... 
I'm doing you the biggest favor in the history of the world, and I'm this right. big macho guy. He had like a big thing of chew in his in his in his gum, I think. And oh God! Just like t- typical, you know, just meathead. Right. Came off as horrible. Mayfield should have just said no. Yeah, no. I don't want you to ruin my career. So, <laughs> why don't you pick somebody else there, Dorsey, that no one's ever heard of? That you know you're ruining the draft because you took Denzel Ward at number four instead of Bradley Chubb. I, I actually could have taken Chubb or Quentin Nelson. I mean, that would have been a better pick. Yeah, I actually don't no. think what Josh Rosen did was smart on draft night. Everybody knows he's mouthy. Everybody knows he has that attitude. He should have just sat there and not taken the bait, been happy to, you know, got picked by Arizona, went to Arizona, pissed off, and, and worked his butt off to win that starting job, which he could which he could win. I mean, he has to beat out Sam Bradford, right? So uh, I, I just don't think it was a good start to his NFL career to be like, oh, the nine people ahead of me were mistakes, the quarterback were... He, he could think that, and, and obviously he does think that, but to say it publicly, I just don't think it was the right move. Eh, who cares? I think yeah. he was just like, you know what? I've been picked. Now I can say really what I want to say. You know, I, I can start saying things that I really want to say. He's going to be a polarizing quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. And um, I don't know. I, I just think it's fun. And, and I think I he was frustrated. That. I think he was frustrated because seriously, every question leading up to the draft was, oh, you're this, you're that, you're talking, you know, people don't like you, this and that. It's not like he's, you know, Osama bin Laden, for God's sakes. I mean, he has said some things. He's had some clashes with some people. It's not like he's like that, like no quarterback in the history of playing the NFL isn't, uh, you know, an alpha male thinks he's the best person in the whole world. I mean, every quarterback in the NFL thinks that. Yeah, well, the frustration was fun for me, actually. I thought it was fun. You know, his face when they went to the green room, you know, a few times. When he wasn't picked yet, yeah, was classic. Was. But Aaron Rodgers looked like a complete jerk when he wasn't picked. You know, like it, it, it took twenty whatever picks, he looked really ticked off. Well, all and I know he, is we watched The Bachelor. Motivation. We watched The Bachelor, and uh, the, it's The Bachelor. That's what am how I saying? Nick says it. The Bachelor. Says it, he says the Bachelor. The bachelor. the bachelor. It's the Bachelor. The fact that I know Nick, the fact that I know that he says the Bachelor, <laughs> my man card should be taken away immediately. No, see, you're in touch with your manhood. That's what's important. Right. That's what I'm in touch with. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't around his brother when he was on the the Bachelor, and uh, you know, there's some family squabbles there. You know, maybe he is a jerk. Well, or his brother seems like a tool. Yeah, yeah, that too. I think that plays a, a major factor. And Aaron Rodgers was dating Olivia Mund at the time, and his brother, who never sniffed an NFL training camp, is on The Bachelor. Is that so, uh, any relation to Ronnie? Ronnie Mund? No relation to RL Limo Driver 69. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> We should just talk about the Stern Show. That's all we should do. Is I, I wish we could. <laughs> Let's continue down my awesome list. Okay. Derwin James falling to the Chargers. I thought yeah. he was going to be a top 10 pick. I thought the Buccaneers were going to take him. He, you're going to see how amazing Derwin James is. I just heard you say, yeah. No, I He'll believe see. it. I love Derwin James. Bradley Chubb 
Broncos. Awesome pick. Great pick. My dog is chewing on the bottom of my chair right now, so mm. if you hear a noise, that's it. Calvin Ridley going to the Falcons. What? How do you pronounce it? Falcons, yeah. Falcons is like, you know, 18th century talk. They took Ridley, which I love. I mean, him, Julio uh, Jones, Mohamed Sanu. I'm taking Matt Ryan first round in my, in, in my uh, fantasy draft next year. Yeah, the problem you've got there, though, is Steve Sarkeesian the offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's true, too. They fell like 18 spots in the offensive rankings last year because Sark, the shark, was in charge of the offense. And they never they just, threw to Julio Jones in the red zone. <laughs> no, and it was it was pretty awful. Yeah. All right, you're going to knock over the microphone if you don't get the hell away from me. Not you. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Dolphins. Deron Payne, who I love, Redskins. Uh, Sony Michelle, who's perfect for the Patriots, and then your your boy Roquan Smith uh, with the Bears. So that's that's what I came out with today. Now again, people laugh. They laugh. They say that's the most simplistic, stupidest list I've ever heard or read in my entire life. But what it's called is it's called easily consumable, Gorney. Right. You don't have, you don't have to think much about it. You look at it. There's a few things you disagree with, and the next thing you know, you're at the water cooler, and you're talking about my article. I wonder That's if offices still have water coolers. I haven't been in an office in ten years, so I wonder. Uh, they do. Yeah. I think they have to. Okay. So. That's your water cooler talk. What else did I do? I did a little retrospective on Quentin Nelson, how I single-handedly picked him as a five-star coming out of high school. I won't name the other analysts that were with me in New Jersey that year, but I said to everybody after a couple reps, I said, that's a five-star tackle. He's going to be a five-star. I know he turned out to be a guard, but uh, and both of them scoffed and disagreed. And I won't name their names, but they are wrong as usual. I am right as always. And then uh, I did some of the biggest commitments of the week, and we could talk about that in a second because Alabama and Ohio State loaded up. But more on the draft. So what was the worst pick? Worst pick of the first round? Worst pick of the first round. Let's go down the list. Marcus Davenport is a very bad pick at 14. Oh, I for, like him. For the Saints to trade up to 14 to take a kid who was marginal at the, at the Senior Bowl, who did his damage at UTSA, that's a major, major stretch. Better than trading up for Lamar Jackson at 14, which everybody in the world thought they were doing. Thought they were going to do. Frank Ragnow at 20. Wow, that's 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 a, that's a well, bad, Colton, that's you, bad. You missed Colton Miller at 15. Is oh, Col- oh, yeah. Well, that goes without saying. I mean, Josh Rosen that's... lived at UCLA. All the criticism of Josh Rosen was he held on to the ball too long at UCLA. Well, I mean, when the ball is snapped to you and you put it into your hand and you're already getting sacked, because something's coming off the left edge and Colt Miller is getting beat every time. I mean, that that is a problem. That that was amazing that John Gruden took him there. Or whoever. But you know John Gruden's running that draft. Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah, there a lot of Van Der Esch I didn't like either. Because they nope. could have taken a wide receiver there and they need a wide receiver. And the worst one of the first round? Is Rashad Penny going to the Rashad Seahawks. Rashad Penny at 27. A couple of guys that we know very well, Kevin Tolliver and Jeff Holland, uh, five-star <laughs> challenge veterans, Vets. didn't get drafted at all. Yes. Uh, are you surprised by that? No, because it shows you that the NFL knows everything. Right. 
period. So this is a message to all you recruits out there. If you do something stupid, I don't care what it is. I don't care where it is. When it you, is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care when it is. They're going to find out about it and they're going to hold it against you and you're going to pay for it. So keep your nose clean, kids. And that That's has been something, uh, as you look down the list of the non-draftees, that is something that I think the NFL is taking more seriously because they don't want these PR nightmares. Uh, is that, you know, if something had happened in your past, then we're just going to pass on you. We're not going to take the risk. There are plenty of players equally as good as you or slightly less better that we can coach up, and we're not going to take – we're not going to deal with the pains. No. And uh... – you know, it's just not worth the risk. You know, someone might take a shot at you as an unrestricted free agent and do more background on you. And if you're so good that you're close to making the 53-man roster, then you make the decision at that point in time. But taking a uh, an actual draft choice and potentially wasting it on somebody who's got off-field stuff just not going to happen. Quinn Blanding has no off-field stuff. He just got he got he got dissed completely. So I, I have every confidence that he'll make the Redskins, though. So uh, I think he'll bounce back. But the fact that Braxton Berrios was drafted and Quinn Blanding was not, I'm never going to hear the end of it from Woody Womack ever, ever, never ever hear the end of it. There. Um, there was somebody I was going to mention as well. Tavares McFadden wasn't drafted. Yeah, he. you want to talk about a guy who had a – there's a lot of guys like Jair Alexander, Harold Landry, both had really good sophomore years and then stunk their junior years Yeah, comparatively. Tavares McFadden had a really good sophomore year, then stunk his junior year, but he stunk to a different level. I mean, he was getting toasted, right. absolutely toasted. And then when he didn't test well or run well, that was the end for him. He could stick with the team. He's got really good ball skills. He's tall. I think he's probably going to have to play safety at the next level. But it'll be interesting to see how many of these big-name you know, free agent types actually make the squad um, you know, or make a team. Um, and you know they're going to try for like four or five years because a lot of them really don't have a whole lot other things to fall back on. But uh, there was some point I was going to make. It was rather scathing. Oh, okay. And I, yeah, but I can't remember it now. So we're going to have to move on to the 2019 guys because 2019 looks a little bit loaded at defensive line, maybe? A little bit as in completely, like as good as the quarterback like, class was this year. We're going to be talking about those guys nonstop. Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Nick Boza, Clayland Farrell. Six of our guys that we highlighted out of 10 for 2019 draft or defensive lineman. That's yeah. just absolutely crazy. Now, you know, some stupid quarterback will probably be taken first overall. And then there'll be another stupid quarterback that comes out of nowhere who plays FCS football, who will probably be taken number two or three, but these guys will all be top 10 picks. I think Phil and Farrell, maybe not, maybe, you know, mid to late first round, but I can't see Boza, or Wilkins, or Lawrence, or Oliver, or Gary. I can't see any of these absolute freaks going outside the top ten. Now the big question is, and I'll, I'll, I'll pose it to you since you're the expert here, um, the man who's seen them all. You've done it all, Mike. You're the best. Done it all. Uh, rank them as how they're going to be drafted. 
<sighs> That's a tough one because it really it's going to come down to a lot of how they test. Right now, everybody's got Oliver number one, but I don't see that. I honestly think Christian Wilkins will be the one who's taken um, first. And the reason for that is because he's proven he can play defensive end. He's proven he can play defensive tackle, play in multiple schemes. Uh, I would take Rashawn Gary second after that because he's going to test out of this world. Yeah. I think he already ran like a 4 6 7 or something ridiculous at a pro day. Um, then I would take Ed Oliver. Then I would take Dexter Lawrence. But no, th- see, I'm missing Boza. Boza's yeah. going to go. Boza's going to go like top three like his brother. Yeah, so, he will. Let me go. Let me go. Boza first, then Wilkins, and then the rest of the order I gave you. Right. I think Boza will go first uh, because of the lineage. You know, you can't go wrong with a Boza. We learned our lesson. We had his brother Joey as a four star because he hurt his. Uh, I think he hurt his knee his senior year, and you know he didn't get to play in any All Star games, and we didn't get to see much of him his senior year, and we never had him as a five star. So we couldn't bump him up to five-star after he got hurt. Uh, we learned our lesson and made Nick Boza five-star like from day one. I think the, first, I think second. the guy who could shoot up lists, and, and the list is deep, Raekwon Davis. I think he's going to have a yep. huge year. Derek Massive. Brown and Auburn. Yep. Uh, and it'll Massive. be interesting to see how the NFL handles Jeffrey Simmons because obviously we know we saw the video of him you know, doing whatever. Uh, and that's going to be a problem, I think, but very, very talented kid. So there's like eight or nine defensive tackles that can go in the first round next year. Somebody mentioned Gerald Willis, who's at Miami as well, as a guy that could break out, but he's been in so much trouble. Yes. Remember he was the one who was supposed to commit to LSU, then committed to Florida, and then Florida. got booted to Florida, and then now he's at Miami, blah, blah, blah. I think there's just too much baggage there. But he's also a guy that a lot of people think will break out this year. I don't see it, but it just when you look at the 2019 draft, all you see are defensive linemen. Yeah. And uh, you know there'll be corners and there'll be linebackers that emerge, and you know you'll have a couple linebackers go. How about the Edmonds brothers going in the first round? That was a little <laughs> bit crazy. It was a little bit of a reach for the second one, but I do like Tremaine Edmonds. He's a freak. And then. You know, Shaquem went fifth round, right? Fifth round? I believe fifth. So I said that I wouldn't draft him, and so everybody decided to tweet me and say, you're so stupid, you're so wrong, he got drafted. I never said he wouldn't be drafted. I just said I wouldn't draft him. So he went to the Seahawks, fifth round. Now there's some talk that that 4-3-8 was really like a 4-5-8. Yes, yes, there's a conspiracy theory out there. Uh that he was mistimed, but that the NFL didn't want to release his real uh, time because it would be bad PR for the kid and for the NFL. So I believe it. There's no way he ran a four three eight. Yeah. No way. There's no way he's run the fastest time as a linebacker since like two thousand three or anything like that. So I'm not a hater. I'm just saying he's not going to be a successful NFL football player. That's just life. I think I, this I, I is. Uh, I think this is. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, kind of thing. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah. No, it could be. So, um, anyways, do you want to talk more draft? Oh yeah, nothing like talking the draft. I mean, Lamar Jackson. What do you think? All right. So, the the Ravens for years have been 
average under Joe Flacco? Um, are they going to change their entire system? Can he sit, you know, sitting behind a guy like Joe Flacco, is he learning anything that he's going to put into the NFL? Can he learn how to be a, a drop back passer, a pocket passer like that? Or do you just have to accept that this is who he is and he's going to have to, you're going to have to change your offensive system and Lamar Jackson is that special? I think it was a reach, but the Ravens need to do something on offense in certain packages they can use him, and that's why they took him. So uh, I, I, I actually think it was a decent pick. I gave it a high grade uh, because I think the kid is super, super athletic and dynamic, and in the NFL he can, he can make – some special things happen for a Ravens offense that hasn't been able to move the ball. I gave it a bad grade. I just don't think he's accurate enough as a pocket passer. I don't think he's going to be able to do the running away from everybody like he did in college. I think he's going to be RG3 type where, you know, he has some success initially until everybody figures him out. And if he doesn't learn to slide, he's going to get hurt. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel now. I think the Ravens' backup quarterback, and I don't know who it is. I should know this, but uh, is also an athletic dual threat guy. So I think that they think the pick makes sense because they could put in packages there that they've already got. Um, the Ravens' backup you know, quarterback is some is a person named Robert Griffin the third. There you go, RG three. So. So they, they think that they can put in packages, you know, that, that they can use, you know, whether it's red zone packages or whatever. So a lot of people think he's going to play from day one uh, in packages in the game itself. It'll be interesting to see if they ask him to split out or anything like that early and what his reaction to that is because, you know, Flacco's not going anywhere, at least for this year. Right. Um, you know, but they don't want to waste Lamar Jackson's athletic ability. So if it's one of those situations where we don't need you to play quarterback right now, but hey, how about lining up as a decoy? How about lining up as a wide receiver? How about doing this, that, the other? Will you do that? I think he'll say yes. I mean, I don't think he's a kid that's... Hey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm still recording. I'm still recording. All right. So we could pick it up where I'm talking about him playing a different position. Yeah. All right, ready? Yeah. You were right in the you think he'd say yeah. yes thing, yeah. Yeah. So I think he would say yes if he was asked to play a different position, you know, at least initially, uh, with the promise that, you know, listen, this isn't permanent. We're going to let you be our quarterback of the future down the, down the line there. But, you know, too athletic to waste, but – not enough of a quarterback to be successful. That's my take on it. But do you want your quarterback of the future to be taking shots at wide receiver for a year or two? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, we'll see. I just don't see it being successful. 
I think sure. an even more interesting one is will Baker Mayfield stand on the sidelines with a clipboard while Tyrod Taylor's out there getting chased around and, and sacked? You know what's real interesting is how bad the news cycle is in sports when you have to talk about how bad Baker Mayfield's first pitch with the Cleveland Indians was. Should should Browns fans be worried because Baker Mayfield's first pitch was high and outside? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, that is just the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but it was on every one of those talk shows yesterday. Everyone, whatever they're called. Highly questionable, PTI, round the horn, all of them asking the same stupid question. Should Browns fans be worried because Baker Mayfield's pitch was yes, they should in- inaccurate? And I'm like, oh my god! Oh my god! This just shows you how stupid sports has become, and that there's just there's too much sports coverage. Well, that's we the don't problem. Need 24 hours a day. When no. when nothing is going on, and you need to have people talking about whatever they can come up with to talk about. Well, it's, it's like just, us. It's exactly us. We we do a podcast every week. Sometimes there's nothing to talk about. Imagine having to do one every day. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. We would have nothing to say. Right. We would talk about my dog and me drinking coffee and your kid and all this other stuff because there'd be nothing else to talk about. Really. Right. So um, so let's wrap up the draft and talk about Shea Patterson. I've been asked probably 58 times, does Shea Patterson being cleared to play make Michigan a Big Ten title contender, and my answer is absolutely no. Uh, they have more problems than quarterback to fix. He's not going to be this miracle guy who comes in there and makes them 11-1. and one. Their offensive line play was poor last year. Their running game didn't get on track. They've got good young wide receivers. they got to stay healthy. And Shea Patterson hasn't shown anything, to me at least, at Ole Miss that says – He's going to be an absolute superstar from day one at Michigan. I think he's going to have to get his feet wet this year. I don't think he's going to come out and be the first pick in the NFL draft type of guy. Uh, I think it would behoove him to stay two years at Michigan. But he pretty much lost his job. <clears throat> yeah. Or, or, or there was questions that he was going to lose his job at Ole Miss. So it's, it's good for Michigan. It's good for all of us because he's a talented kid and it's going to be fun to watch. But he does not push them past Ohio State and Penn State. Well, it's, it's interesting because when I I was one of the ninety five thousand people that asked you that question, and when I posed it, I was kind of under the idea that Shea Patterson was really this special quarterback who had done a lot of things. And I then I looked at his stats from Ole Miss: sixty sixty one percent completions, twenty three touchdowns, twelve interceptions. He comes off as this athletic guy that can run the ball and design runs and stuff. Last year, 47 attempts, minus 16 yards. <laughs> so it's not exactly like uh, he's you know this athletic freak that can run around and do all this kind of special thing, these special things, a la Lamar Jackson or, or someone even close to that. So we'll see. And it'll be interesting to see if Harbaugh changes his offense at all. Is Shea Patterson just going to stand there and hand the ball off and Michigan running back is going to run right into the offensive line that can't block, which has been the case recently under at Michigan, or is he going to open it up and he has Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black on the outside and Dylan Crawford or whatever, Dylan Kakoa Crawford or whatever he calls himself now. And uh, he, he's got some weapons, so are they going to open up that offense? But still, like you said, I don't see them. Maybe beating Penn State year in and year out becomes 
something that can happen. But Ohio State is still far and above a better team. But they have a, a quarterback, a new quarterback coming in too. So we'll see how they uh, transition to that. Yeah, but they're loaded at quarterback. I mean, they've got oh, yeah. three guys who can play. Oh yeah, <clears throat> they're loaded at numerous positions, and they're they were a young team last year. You know, they're going to be the team to beat. Penn State has McSorley. Um, you know, they lost Barkley, but they've got very talented running backs ready to plug in there. And I just think, you know, I don't think they're better than Wisconsin. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm glad that he is eligible. Now, again, a lot of people said, well, he shouldn't get an exception. His brother was on the staff. So if anybody knew what was going on, it would be Shea Patterson. Because he had not only a family member on the staff, but someone who knew what was going on with the recruiting and all that other stuff. But I was just like, end this stupidity. Let all these old Miss kids transfer without penalty. I don't want to hear about old Miss. I don't want to hear about Hugh Freeze anymore. I just want to move on for old Miss. I want to move on from this whole debacle. And uh, so that that's a good first step. And I think that'll clear the way for the other guys to be able to um you know to play right away so um by the way we just put up a look back video of quentin nelson in our uh three-point stance article looking back on him and so you get to see him smash some heads in the kid was just awesome he was another one who got his fifth star and wasn't happy <laughs> <clears throat> felt he was under rank blah, blah 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 chip on his shoulder some of those kids pan out uh some of them turn out to be just horrible yeah. And it's really hard to tell which one. But he was one of those ones where he'd just rip your head off so he could crap down your neck. So I felt that he might be one of those guys that would pan out. I felt it would be a tackle. And I still think he can play tackle in the NFL if he needs to. But uh, we just put that up there. So check that out. And then commitments. We had some commitments. It continues to roll as we get busier and busier. Ohio State with two of them, Cade Stover, a defensive end, who could play linebacker. He could stand up. He could put his hand in the dirt. Um, really versatile kid. But Garrett Wilson, who grew up in the Columbus area for the first 12 years of his life and then moved to Texas, he committed. He's the commit of the week. But Alabama also got another offensive lineman, a big physical kid named Amari Kite, who is nasty, just nasty. So... Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, South Carolina, all on the top commits of the past week list, if you want to check that out as well. And Alabama um, up to number two. Yeah, it's a little, feel, a little different feel than last year. Yeah. They're off to a better start. Um, you know, They're not going to put themselves in a hole where they're just not going to be able to get up there. And we've got some kids committing tonight. From Grayson, uh, oh, by the time tonight, you listen right. to this, yeah, by the time you listen to this, Owen Papo and a few other guys will have um, made their decisions. Uh, Kenyatta Watson appears to be going to Texas. Uh, that's the only one that I have a tremendous read on. Um, Papo, a lot of people think, is going to go to Auburn, which... That surprises me a bit. Um, I really thought that Georgia was going to keep him home. So we'll see. Maybe he's doing the old smokescreen thing and, you know, saying he's 
leaning towards Auburn, and then he's going to pick Georgia. But um, Grayson's got four kids, I believe. Wanya uh, Morris. Morris is also, yeah, he's going to commit as well. And uh, Kevin Harris, I believe, is committing as well. So I made predictions. I think I'm going to get three out of four wrong. How about this, Mike? Texas top 20. Committed players in the Texas top 20. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Texas. Texas A&M. Illinois, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Not a lot of Texas in there. Not yet. Still early. Still early. Texas is, Texas is currently, what number, 26 with only four commitments in this class. So taking their time. Texas A&M has 12 commitments already. Oklahoma has 11 already. Texas has definitely fallen behind. But we all know verbal commitments mean nothing. Right. Uh, kids change their mind all the time. This season will have a, a, a huge bearing on where these kids end up going. I think Oklahoma is going to have a huge season as usual. I don't know what's going to happen at Texas A&M. I think they'll have an okay season. Um, and then Texas will be the big one. If they can make a run at the Big 12 title and hang in there, then you'll start to see kids gravitate towards them because they haven't made a run at the Big 12 title in a very, very long time. So, we'll see. But I think that's I think that's all I want to talk about. That's it. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I, I don't want to prolong this, but I was looking down the list of players that weren't drafted. My God, there were a lot of uh, one really talented players that weren't drafted, and two the underclassmen that came out that weren't drafted. I mean, what were you thinking? Well, there's always idiots that. Yeah. Uh, you know that actually. I mean, it doesn't make me happy, but I always laugh at that. I'm like, if you're that stupid to come out, you know you'd be given the proper advice by the NFL. Yeah. That you're, you're not being told you're a first-rounder. You're being told that you're potential seventh-rounder, sixth-rounder, or unrestricted free agent. So don't come out. But that's just being allergic to, to books, being allergic to school, not wanting to stay around anymore. Yeah. But listen to these five stars that did not get drafted. Ready? Let's see. Ready. 2013, Max Redfeld. Good job, Gorney. Well, you know, that kid turned out to be a complete head case and ended up at IUP in Indiana, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, for God's sakes. Thomas Tyner. Good job, Gorney. Uh, that was also a miss. <clears throat> let's, let's move on. Let's wrap this up. Max Brown, good job, Gorney. Well, you know, you're hitting me hard here early, but there are others. There are. Ty Isaac, <clears throat> Mike Mitchell out of Texas. Yeah, that Frank kid. Frank Whatever happened to Mike Mitchell? He gave up on football pretty much. Remember he transferred? Yeah, he TCU. State, he transferred, yeah, and he never really caught on. Frank Heron was my push. I pushed him to be five stars, so that was my fault. Matthew Thomas, not drafted. Wow. Five star. Um, Kyle Allen, Quinn Blanding, my guy, Rock Thomas, who ended up transferring. Should have never been a five-star. That was a stupid one. I remember the debates on that. I remember he got feelings saying, no, he's not a five-star. Don't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then we did it anyways. Um, Trey Williams, surprising, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's a surprise. Uh, that, that was a talented kid. Tony Brown, I can see, very erratic in coverage, but... Track kid out of high school, good size. Everybody wanted him, went to Alabama. 
Ermon Lane, who was a big flop. Yeah. I could see that one. Yeah. He, he wasn't that good. And then 2014, Trenton Thompson, which is surprising. Remember, Trenton Thompson at one point in time was our number one overall player. Player, in the country. yeah. Right, right. So if you, if you include, that's 2014. That was the Deshaun Hand year. So you got Deshaun Hand was number one at one point. Trenton Thompson was number one at one point. Uh, and then the next year, Byron Cowart was number one at one point. So three absolute flops. Um, although Hand did get taken fourth round, I believe. By the Lions, I think, yeah. By the Lions, yeah. So we'll see how he pans out. Tavares McFadden, as you've already mentioned, five-star. Kevin Tolliver, as I've already mentioned, five-star. And uh, Maya, Maya Tehuma. Uh, well, he was I think a- I'm pronouncing that correct. I could be wrong, but wasn't he arrested for carjacking in L.A. or something? So, there's something to all of Well, not all of these, many of these. You know, I mean, Trenton Thompson had an issue at Georgia. We don't really know what it was. And, you know, that, that factors in here uh, on some of these situations. I think Tony Brown got in trouble, too. So, uh, But that's a lot of five stars not taken that, that were eligible for the draft. So, anyways... Kids will come out early every year. They won't get drafted every year. I will not feel sorry for them at all every year, and none of that will change. So I'm sorry. Tahuma was not the player that I was thinking of, so I want to correct that before. Oh wow! Yeah, you should because you just had the kid carjacking people. Will leave. He will leave LSU via transfer rather than serve his school mandated suspension. Uh, that despite to whom has received permission, yes, that was my mistake. Uh, yeah, he is. He was just not drafted. He transferred though from LSU. Gorney's got him jacking cards. <laughs> I do not. I, I had mistaken it for someone else. <laughs> That's very bad. Well, he did have a brother. Did his brother jack cards? I have no idea. I'm I'm not getting into that anymore. You're just done talking about off-field stuff? Well, here's the thing. Alan Lazard was not taken. And if you look at some of these guys that were taken, it's hard to believe that they wouldn't take Alan Lazard. Yeah, I wonder what he ran. I can't remember what he ran at the combine. I think it's got to be a speed thing. You remember how slow he was? He was. He's big and lumbery. but He was huge. Yeah. Huge. But, man, he was kind of slow. He looked like a tight end. So uh, I can see if he doesn't have a position. But then you get guys like... Devin Funches, who's actually like the leading receiver for the Panthers, who was slower than dirt. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin's no speed demon. How are these guys like, you know, it's so weird. The NFL is so weird. You see a guy like Funches, and I remember evaluating him numerous times, and I'm like, this kid's so slow. He's plotting, he's not long, and now he's the leading receiver for an NFL franchise, and I'm like, Wow. This is something that I'm working on for later this week that's going to blow the doors off of uh, draft coverage, Mike. What's that? There were more players drafted throughout the entire draft from non-Power 5 schools than from Power 5 than than any conference in the Power 5. So 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 the the pool of of non-Power 5, let's say it's 60 is more than the SEC, which led with 58. Right. So 74, 74 players from non-Power 5 schools. And on that list, South Carolina State in the second round, South Dakota State in the second round, North Carolina A&T in the third round, Sam Houston State in the second round, Fort Hayes State in the third round. So you're telling me 
Humboldt State, third round. Kids from schools I've never even heard of. Virginia State. I've never even heard of that school. Yeah, well, Fort Wayne or whatever. Fort What, what, what was it? Fort... Fort Hayes State. That sounds like a prison. Yeah, it does. It like, does sound. I don't know. But do you, do you find them everywhere. That's the way it goes. Yep. And then we get criticized because, you know, oh, 70% of the draft were three and two stars. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Because there's 20,000 of those. Right. As opposed to like 300 and something freaking four and five stars. But every year you hear the same garbage. I same know. thing. Same. 20 out of 32 is not bad. No. Five and four stars. We Very have eight solid. five stars and then 12 four stars in the first round. Solid work, especially when you're talking about doing this at a high school. And this is so, the first year since 2010 that linebacker has overtaken defensive end. Everybody says, oh, defensive end is such an important position, this and that in the first round. More linebackers have been drafted than defensive ends in the in the first round since 2010. It's insanity, Gorney. It is crazy. Insanity. It's crazy. I'm going to blow I, the doors I'm off wearing, this coverage. I'm wearing headphones right now, and they're about to just blow off my head. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this information. <laughs> Neither so do stop I. Stop <laughs> it. Stop bringing these hot takes because I don't know what to do. It's crazy. Freaking out. Freaking out. Let's wrap this up because this was uh, horrible. All right. Well, let's remind everybody, please, if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. And then also check us out on Twitter, at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. Thanks for listening. We will see you all again next week.